and welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks for joining us here today. Well, there's a lot to be concerned about regarding the final waters of the U.S. rule that was released by the EPA at the end of December. And that's according to agricultural law professor Roger McCohen. There are a couple of aspects that farmers should really be concerned about, and one involves the issue of adjacency. Uh, a wet area on your farm could be connected to a WOTUS by being adjacent to it, and adjacency includes a significant nexus which can be established by a shallow hydrologic subsurface connection. Frankly, that means farm field drain tile, and practically all tile-drained farm wetland connects to an open ditch, which is a WOTUS. And that basically disqualifies farm wetland from being an isolated wetland that is not subject to federal jurisdiction. The other issue involves prior converted wetland. While it's not subject to regulation by the feds, the burden is on the landowner to prove that prior converted cropland is actually prior converted cropland and therefore not a water. Also, the final rule is vague enough to give the government regulatory authority over non-navigable ponds, ditches, and potholes. So this new final rule gives farmers a lot to be concerned about. Now, the Environmental Protection Agency and Army Corps of Engineers released that final rule again on December 30th, and it's something that we're going to be continuing to watch closely. More than 500 pages for ag groups to digest following the EPA and Army Corps of Engineers announcing that final rule. Reaction from Illinois Farm Bureau Director of Environmental Policy, Lauren Lurkins. What happens now is that this information, this 514-page document, it has to then move forward and be published in the Federal Register. When that happens, it, it could be this week, it could be next week. Um, it'll it'll be in the coming days, though. Um, that is what starts a clock. And in the language of the Federal Register itself, the rule would take effect 60 days from that publication date. So that's kind of why I'm, I'm a little bit focused on when it actually gets published. But the important thing for everybody to understand, I think there's two two big themes here. One is this is a, a rule that will make farmer and landowner lives more complicated. However, it is not yet the, the law of the land. You know, not only does it have to be published and it has a 60 day window, what will inevitably happen is that people will file legal challenges to this rule. And then we really need to look in our court system of our country and see, you know, in what states is it is it effective? Um, is it not effective or is there a stay really across the country? One of the reasons that, that this is so complicated at this point is that not only is the agency moving forward with this rulemaking, there is also currently a case before the U.S. Supreme Court, the Sackett versus EPA case, where the highest court in our land is going to decide these jurisdictional questions. So it, there's a very strong argument, in my humble opinion, that people could make in the federal court system saying we would like to stay the effectiveness until we find out what the Supreme Court is going to say, if anything, on this topic. Now, Lurkett says interpreting the definitions of the final rule has been frustrating. You know, it's categories of jurisdictional water, and then it's a list of exemptions. Um, and, and there are some things that are not surprising. You know, the traditional navigable waters, um, tributaries are in. Um, that is something that, um, you know, it's not really clearly defined in the regulatory text. But there is some language in that big package that talks about rivers, streams, lakes, ponds, um, regardless of whether they flow directly or indirectly to another water, they're going to be in there. And so these can be natural, they can be modified, they can be structed, they can include ditches. And that's a huge element for us. I think the other thing that, that I'm kind of concerned about is sort of like an other waters category that is included. And these are things that are intra-state. So they, they exist within one single state. 
a lake, a pond, a stream, a wetland. Um, you know, that's a pretty big catch-all. And it no doubt would take this um, regulatory regime sort of even beyond, you know, what we've seen in, in the recent past. And she sees another big issue with the language of the rule. There are really two standards um, at play here, a relatively permanent standard and um, the significant nexus standard that we hear all about. So that's a little bit different. I would like to say one point on the exclusion side that is causing a lot of people in agriculture some heartburn is that EPA had said, you know, we're going to really lean into this prior converted cropland exemption. Um, but the, this exemption is going to be erased if if a, if a piece of land comes out of agro, agricultural production and, say, turns into a Walmart. Um, it, it's not going to move with the land, um, this, this exemption. So there's some, in fact, discrepancies between, you know, even within that 514 pages, and we're trying to figure out really what does what do the agencies intend when it comes to prior converted? And again, that's Lauren Lurkins, Director of Environmental Policy with the Illinois Farm Bureau. Well, also, we see several trade issues surfacing here in the year ahead with two newly confirmed ag trade officials in Doug McCaleb and Alexis Taylor. The U.S. has a significant trade agenda ahead for 2023. According to Dave Salmonson, American Farm Bureau Federation Senior Government Affairs Director, the Biden administration is engaged in several negotiations. Biggest is the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework. There's also an upcoming continuation of talks with Taiwan and in a continuing also discussions with the United Kingdom and discussions were also started last fall and will continue with Kenya. Outside of the direct negotiations with other countries, there's the continuing efforts to do reform at the World Trade Organization. So lots of work ahead. And there are trade issues to work out in North America, including Mexico's decree regarding corn imports. Actually, just next week, January 10th, there's a North American Leaders Summit in Mexico City, and we know this issue is on the agenda. If it can't be resolved, that may have to go to a case under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. And with Canada, looks like we're heading towards a, another case on their dairy import regulations, the way they've been enforcing the regulations they put in place after the USMCA went into force isn't giving the U.S. the access that we had negotiated. As for Congress, Salmonson adds there's a few trade topics to consider there as well. Yeah, there's a lot of ideas of things to do on trade. I think what you'll see, especially from the House Republicans, is more of a push to put a little more substance in these trade discussions. And I think they'll take up getting a new trade promotion authority legislation, along with the usual oversight that they'll do and trying to make sure that trade is a part of our economic growth. And again, that is Dave Salmonson, American Farm Bureau Federation Senior Government Affairs Director. And also, it was reported late last week that Senate Ag Committee Chair Debbie Stabenow of Michigan announcing she won't be running for re-election in 2024. Stabenow said in a statement, quote, inspired by a new generation of leaders, I've decided to pass the torch in the U.S. Senate. I'm incredibly grateful for the trust the people of Michigan have placed in me. The four-term senator says a big part of her decision was stepping aside to make room for new voices. Between now and 2024, Stabenow says she'll concentrate on passing a new farm bill before she retires, saying, quote, the farm bill determines our nation's food and agriculture policies. It's also a key to protecting our land and water and creating jobs in rural and urban communities, end quote. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode here of American Ag Today. We thank you again so much for joining us here on the program produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.